Ladies and gentlemen, you have officially tuned in to the best damn Rockies podcast out there. The Rockaroo! Like officially, officially, yeah. you are listening to the best damn. I mean, yeah. I, I might. I even... said tuned in. That's an old school term. I guess you, people don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I get. It's uh, it's uh. I was gonna say something. Totally forgot. So <laughs> it's probably just gonna be a bad joke anyway. But. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I've got something to start off with if you if you uh, want. Yeah, please. Okay, uh, I need to um, apologize because I guaranteed a Colorado Rockies win when Marquez was pitching. Mm, yeah, he did, of course, go uh, six innings, had ten strikeouts, allowed two hits, so wasn't his fault. But thanks a lot. Wade Davis for making me a man not of his word and reneging on his guarantee. So I'm a little upset about that, but uh, my uh, credibility took a massive hit. Took a massive hit. Thanks a lot, Wade Davis. Jerk. <laughs> I, I, I do agree with that very last statement about Mr. Davis He's really, I don't know what happened in the offseason with that guy, but god damn, dude. Um, well, I've got some comments I'd like to discuss that he dropped on us on uh, Star Wars night, but we'll get to that. I will say, though, man, I, uh, you know, maybe, do you, do you, did you think maybe there was a little bit of a jinx you placed on our, our pal? number 48 because he did leave that game with i guess a full body cramp (laughs) uh yeah i'm gonna say no though like uh i see what you're saying i see what you're saying but i'm not gonna complain about six innings. he was rolling yeah he was he was he was uh dominating i mean could he have gone nine i don't know probably probably not but uh you know that's just me being the jinx guy uh, and really yeah. it's like you know i know we, we kind of talking down on way davis but at a certain point it's like don't put him out there what do you expect what yeah, the fuck exactly. like it's it's this i've been thinking about this a lot lately because of the rockies and now the broncos with kind of their season firing up and i hate to have to bring up this fucking team because i don't like them but it's the new england patriots and you know a thing that gets talked about them a lot is you know if they draft a player or sign a free agent player and it doesn't work out and they don't like them and it's not a fit they move on fast you know if you miss a meeting you're sitting out the next game or you're being released I don't care if you're our starting running back. Uh, you know, we're going to yeah. sit one of our best defensive players in the Super Bowl. That may have bit him. I don't know. But it's more talked about, you know, guys in their in their system. Once they realize that, hey, it's not working out, they move on. And it that's like kind of what I was thinking with Wade Davis. It's like, Man, you he's had serious last year he was good. You know, still had career high and blown saves, but um which I mean when you when you end up having to play a 163rd game, that's kind of like, ooh, ooh, we paid mm-hmm. you the money to screw us at the end. But but anyway, it's like, yeah, at a certain point, you got to kind of blame the guys making the decisions. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I just want to address your jinx comment as well because <laughs> it's been something uh, all season. But uh, here's my opinion on that. I, I kind of buy into it, but also at what point in time do we have to place accountability on the performance of the players and also the decision-making of the coaches and leadership on the Rockies team? So, you know, yeah, there's potential – uh, jinxing going on there, but maybe it's just coincidental. Oh uh, boy! Very specifically this year, you know, like uh, pretty much everything's falling apart. Maybe it is a jinx, but uh, I just have a hard time. I want to try to not. You have a hard time taking today. responsibility for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not the guy out there throwing pitches and. Well, what is at what are you? O's. How are you experiencing re- what you perceive to be reality, though? I mean, you, that's. I'm not gonna get into it because that's some deep shit. That's not really <laughs> part of well, this. But I agree. You're right. They're the ones out there swinging the bats and not swinging the bats and swinging at two old bullshit in the dirt. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. It's and and the guys making the decision to pull in Wade Davis for the. I I, I f- I'm pretty proud of myself. I I picked this really good because there's a. A group text and you know after that game on on Wednesday afternoon and it said you know um thanks a lot Wade Davis or something along the lines of that and I I I searched out this this great gif or gif or however you want to pronounce that and it's very proud of it and it was a uh uh Troy is it Troy Barton from uh Community the the old television show i guess not that old but um, mm, I don't, do you know who i'm talking know. about no i mean i know the show i don't i watched one season of it so i'm not familiar with the well character. you only watched one season yeah oh my gosh i thought you were tv you didn't like it you didn't like season mm-hmm. one no no i didn't oh. like well i i say i fully watched one season and then i got bits and pieces of season two and but i was kind of turned off after season season two. Oh so. well shit maybe i'm i shouldn't be as proud of this gif if i'm well no i mean it was super popular just didn't uh uh hit my core didn't resonate with you well maybe yeah. maybe the other well anyway it was the character troy played by donald glover and it was a oh. uh, wow shocker <laughs> and it's like it just <laughs> goes back to the whole what do you expect with with wade yeah. but i don't well how did i start that i don't know what i was talking about uh the, with your group text saying thanks a lot wade oh yeah I, I i i sent that gif it was yeah him wow shocker but i don't know how i got into that so i'll let you take it from here okay well you did say hey what about our decision makers like why are you putting wade davis in in that situation it's a nothing nothing game Top of the ninth. I I can think of at least two other times that he came in in a tied game in the ninth and absolutely exploded. Uh, so yeah, it's like mm, at at Coors Field, right? And that that's his big thing. Like he's been horrible at Coors Field this year. So why put him in there? I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else do you go with. Oberg is the answer, but uh, it was just a real bummer in that game. But when it comes to decision makers, obviously the the Rockies did nothing at the deadline. Uh, there were some big moves at the deadline, and and we'll go over that a little bit in our uh, in our preview section of this uh, because Granky did get moved. Uh, Aaron Sanchez got moved to a little team called the Houston Astros, which seemed to be uh, going for it. But so there's really nothing left to do after the trade deadline because the non-waiver trade deadline does uh, or the waiver trade deadline no longer exists right it's just you pick up dudes on waivers so i'm gonna just kind of uh profile a guy here it's a, it's it's a guy that's he's not great he's but he's pretty good uh went to to school went to to uh high school in Centennial, Colorado, Grandview High School. And if you listen to the Rockies uh, broadcast, you probably know who this guy is. Had a little bit of a career with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, then went on and uh, got traded to the Atlanta Braves. And he was a, a 
pretty decent strikeouts guy. He was really up and down, though. Really up and down. But this guy, I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Do you want to shoot it out there? I will. I don't want to ruin your thing, though. No, you won't ruin it. Because I'm going to release it, release the name now if you don't. So, uh, Kevin Gaussman? Yes, Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman is now a Cincinnati Red. Because he was released today by the Braves and picked up by the Cincinnati Reds. So here's my question to you. On waivers, the way that works is you go uh, up from the worst team to the best team has claim over them. Where do the Cincinnati Reds rank in comparison to the Rockies? Well, they I know they have a better record they overall. They do, which means the Colorado Rockies passed on Kevin Gosman in waivers. Hmm. What my thoughts are, whoa, why? I, I get it. The guy's got a, uh, I don't know, a 41 and 67 record or something and a 430 ERA with 826 strikeouts for his career. But it's like, you know, why would you not take a risk on that guy? You, you got him under control through the 2020 season. So, yeah, you got to pay him a, a fair amount, I think $9 million or something. But doesn't, I mean, doesn't that seem like a move that would kind of make sense for a struggling Rockies team? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I am. I don't know. Well, what, is he a starter or was he a starter? Now he's a bullpen arm. I don't know. Uh, he's been a starter this whole year. Oh, okay. Uh, he will probably move to the bullpen in Cincinnati. Yeah. We'll see. But, I mean, either way, like, it's not like the Rockies are in, not in need of a bullpen arm or a starting pitcher. Right. No, yeah. Worst case scenario, you you send them out on waivers and someone's going to pick them up. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you other than uh, Jeff Breedick likes the group that they have now. Um, (laughs) You know, he's been very vocal about that. He kind of insinuated that – I don't know if you were able to catch his, his interview or when he was on the broadcast, I think. Uh, I don't know if it was Friday Sunday. night or – It definitely wasn't Sunday. Sunday. I can guarantee – Then it must have been – then it was <laughs> it's either fr- Yeah, it was either Friday night or Saturday night. But either way, uh, you know, he kind of made this comment about how, you know, the same guys on the field are the same guys that pulled themselves out of the bad start which is true, but they're also the same guys that got in another rut in July. So it's like, what the fuck is going through your mind, homie? Um, are you just lip serving, serving us up? Oh boy. I can't even lip. I can't even control my own lips here. Are you just, rant it out. just rant it out. are you lip serving us here? Or, uh, I don't know. Did you hear him say that? Did you see his, his, I did. Interview? Yeah. I, you know, I was uh, watching that game a little, not uh, not 100% live, but just a little bit in the past. So I fast forwarded through that. Because I, I remember thinking, man, I hate it when they have interviews in the booth while the game's going on. Like, I just hate it. Because they don't talk about what's going on on the field. And I think Trevor Story hit a jack did. during that interview. And it was like, oh, this might get out of here. Yep, it's gone. And it's like, what? I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah, I did catch that. And I heard him talking quite a bit. And really, it just kind of made me more frustrated than anything. I don't know why you would pass on Gaussman unless the contract is just so bad you don't want to mess with it. Maybe Momfort got scared with, you know, they opened up the checkbook for old Nolan and it really hasn't you know, record-wise, hasn't panned out yet. I'm not saying, hey, they could win their next 40 games and things, you know, you could be hoisting that trophy and saying, hey, despite having the worst start in franchise history, despite having the worst month in franchise history, we still made the playoffs and won the big one. Now, that's a story. Yeah, and I'll say this, the R... Technically, only six and a half games out of the wild card right now. 
And not technically. That's, I mean, they are. They're only six and a half games <laughs> out of a wild card. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't really know how to use that word technically. Uh, but I get, because yes, technically, yes. Uh, I guess what's the opposite? Untechnical? That seems weird. But anyways, uh, and they, they won the last, are they, they're five and five in their last 10. So, you know, they're squeaking their way back into 500 baseball against the uh, Giants and Dodgers. So... There you have it. They're no longer last in the in the in the West. The uh, did a little leapfrog of San Diego. So a lot of a lot of good things happening. They beat took two of three from the Giants at home. So yeah, and really, I mean, man, they should have had that game on Saturday night too. And um, they should have. It's like even though they lost that game, at least it was a good game and it was close. And it, they they show, showed more gusto. It was almost. Looking back out on it, it seemed like maybe a, there are a bunch of guys maybe freaked out about possibly being traded, and then the deadline came and passed, and the Rockies didn't do shit other than get some, you know, no-name reliever, no disrespect, yeah. Mr. Harvey, and a minor league outfielder. Now those guys could turn into really awesome players, but you know nothing contributing now that's for sure so i don't know maybe the guys were had some paranoia going on and and it was affecting them and it it looks like they've played a lot looser since that date and you know also being back home helps after the long road trip but even this weekend looked a lot better than the dodgers series uh, other than you know the one game that that they they brought the bats out to play, which was so weird. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's August. They're two and one, and uh, onward and upward. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a couple things I want to discuss uh, since our last podcast: Kyle Freeland pitched twice. John Gray pitched technically pitched twice. He pit, he was pitching the day of our podcast. John Gray rips it apart in that uh that first la game he goes uh what does he do he goes eight innings he did walk three dudes struck out six allowed an earned run and gave up three hits he was on point uh focus the next game he was not as on point he gives up four in the first inning but kind of gets it back together he ends up only going going four uh and that was the game that they lost the one that you were talking about to the giants where Estevez ends up giving it up and giving two runs up in the eighth, I believe, and the Rockies don't recover from that and, and take the loss. But uh, the other the other one I want to say is Kyle Freeland. He goes and for some reason he just like he cannot keep the ball in the park, man. Like mm. he gets absolutely crushed right after uh, he had a really good start and he comes out and he just. Looks bad. He goes three and two-thirds, gives up seven runs, uh, earned runs, give up eight total, all to the long ball. I mean, not all, but he gave up uh, three home runs, and I think two of them were three-run jacks. Is that right? Or at least two of them were multiple run jacks. There was there's only one solo. I, I, I don't remember. I tended to black out once that game got going because he gave up uh, three in the first two in the second, two in the third, two in the fourth, and then did not give up a run the rest of the game. He did look, he did not look good. And then he goes on, uh, was it Sunday? It was Sunday, right? Yeah. So then he goes Sunday and still gives up two home runs, but he does go five innings, only gives up the two solo shots, strikes out five guys. First batter of the... Yeah. First batter, First of, the batter game, of the game, though, too, which is like, are you kidding me? Luckily, he did, you know, crank it down after that, other than, of course, the second homer to the same guy. But, right. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's looking like uh, he's maybe coming back around a little bit. Um, that's real positive. I, I mean, right now, anything he gives you is kind of gravy, and you just want to see him, like, click, right? Just mm -hmm. If he can just finish out the season real, real strong, uh, can take that momentum into the next next year and, and feel good about that 
hitting. I mean, Blackman and Story, whoa. And he, and then Arenado like, gets in it, hits two jacks on Sunday. Like, uh, they're really kind of starting to come around. And, and you look at uh, McMahon, he's really been quite the solid, solid bat. And, you know, it's there are a lot of positive things to look at. But when you compare them to the beginning of the season expectations, it's just still really like – it's just – feels real downtrodden yeah couldn't couldn't have said it better myself um mcmahon i think uh i don't know what where the stats are now but i think on friday they put the stats up he led the team in all major categories offensively other than batting average which he was second so in the month of july since the all-star break Oh, okay, so, since the All-Star break. Yeah, okay. and you know what? It's no secret that you know the Rockies go as Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado go. I mean, those guys pretty much weren't doing shit in July. Uh, you know, Nolan had a three-run bomb in New York. And then other than that, I couldn't even tell you if he had an extra base hit or not. Um, so it was nice to see Trevor bring it about, bring it a Oh, man. <laughs> circling it back around bringing it back around and of course Nolan but I will say this I will say this dude when you get paid 32 million dollars a year plus the per diem let's not forget the per diem <laughs> and you hit a first inning home run and you're cheering like you just put your team ahead in the seventh uh, you look like a big asshole. You really do, buddy. I, you know, I get it. You were, you've been struggling, and it's hard on you. It's hard on your psyche. And so when you get that home run, you're excited and you're pumped up. Act like you've been there before. I mean, dude, I, I don't know if you notice that or feel the same way about Nolan on Sunday, but a first inning homer, bro, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's hard to watch. It's exciting in the fact that it's like right now you don't expect jack shit from these guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, all right. We Especially in that game, the, I guess what, they gave up the two in the – or the one, the one in the, in the first inning, and then you respond with three in the bottom of the first. So, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was cool to see, but I agree. Like, hey, let's just uh, – Let's just save that for the sixth inning and on, you know? Giving your team a lead, the sixth, a tie or a lead, the sixth inning and on. That's what I would like to see. But, you know, like, what do you do? I mean, you got Drew Goodman out there talking about how the, Rocky, the Rockies are selling out still and putting 42,000 people in the, in the stands and, and, Asking Spielborgs to say, what does that mean to the players? And, oh, it means so much. And it's like, well, why don't you freaking do something about it then? So, you know, the fact that you get to celebrate that if you're at the game is cool. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them just kind of hit the home run, do a regular celebration, and, and move on with the rest of the game because you got a lot of game left in Coors Field, which the Giants have been known this season to put – 18 on you there, so... Uh, <laughs> 19? What are you yeah, doing? 19. Cutting them short. Yep. I don't know if you noticed this. Don't remember which game it was, but Buster Posey fouled the ball off into the seats, and it looked like it may have hit, hit someone in a place, you know, you don't want to get hit with a baseball. And <laughs> yeah. Goodman and Spielborgs didn't say shit. And they've been on their soapbox all season about the net, the netting going all the way down the line. So I'm wondering if maybe, you know, you, you bring it up every now and then about how, you know, these guys are working for the Rockies. I wonder if maybe someone said something to those guys about, hey, let's take it easy on that talk because we don't really want to have nets at Coors Field. Uh, I thought it was very suspicious that they didn't say a word. They didn't say a single word about that. When yeah. all season long, every time something like that happens, they're on it. They're all over it. 
Um, it was kind so of a, are, I don't know. Right. I, th- I think it was a, at a pretty crucial point of the game, but they're, you know, they're not uh, immune to talking about non-game related stuff at high leverage points. Yeah, exactly. What, so what are your thoughts on, on that since you brought it up on the netting all the way down the line? Oh, man. I don't want to get into this. I guess it's my own oh. fault. I okay, t- we don't, I, we don't I, have well, to. I'll tell you what. I like, you know, baseball in the States will look like Japanese baseball sooner rather than later. I'm not saying I like that, uh, but I think – I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's probably an inevitable. Oh boy, why am I even trying? Have I been drinking tonight? Maybe I've been <laughs> drinking tonight. An inevitability of the Nets just going as far as they can, and you know, I say Japanese baseball because the advertisements and the Nets. Like, that's big in Japan. And you know what's funny is there's a movie called Major League Baseball 2. And uh, Corbin Burnson's character, Roger Dorn, is the owner of the Indians. And the team's struggling, and he's struggling to make money. And so he sells advertisements on the, the wall. And it's like this big joke, and people are making fun of him, and this and that. And it's like, now look at, I mean, that was what, mid, early 90s? Now look at, like, you're a fucking loser if you don't have advertisements all over <laughs> your stadium. You yeah. know? So I, I, when I saw that, I, it was very funny. And the Nets are next. And so to resist it, I guess, would be futile. But I guess for the record, I'm not in favor of it. I, I get it. Those balls are hit hard, but... And I don't know. I don't know, I guess. I just, I mean, we know that people don't pay attention at baseball games. We know that. I'm not saying the people that do get hit aren't paying attention, but, you know, there's been playing baseball a long time, and I guess balls are coming off bats harder now, but uh, I don't know. I guess I don't, I, I don't have a clear thought on it right now. As you can probably mm. tell and hear, I'm just rambling until I come up with a conclusion and it's not happening. So, well, let me just tell you that I'm against it. Okay. For for multiple reasons. One, like, hey, don't sit there if you don't have the ability to pay attention. If you do get hit, like, like I hate to be that guy, but like, damn, dude, what do you like? Why are you there? And I get it. Like, this is a different day and age, but still, why are you there? Secondly, and more importantly to me, like. How does that affect the game when it comes to foul balls that are hit down the line, you know, that are close on the edge there? Player can't reach over and make mm. it make a grab. And I like I don't like that. I don't like the fact that it really takes that away from every I guess and I guess not every stadium will do it. It'll slowly become every stadium, but yeah, I think it's something that's coming. Uh, I did not know that about uh, Japanese baseball. I thought you just meant that there will be a lot of players that were of Japanese descent. But uh, yeah, that's. I just don't like it. I think I think you got to pay attention to the game if you're gonna if you're gonna have those seats there. Uh, if you don't want to be fully focused on the game, then don't buy those seats. Yeah, agreed. And I also hate when Goodman and Spielborgs, whenever they bring up their argument about, you know, it, it's it doesn't hinder the the viewpoint that much. And Drew always says, "I always aren't the best seats behind home plate, and there's been a net there forever." And it's like, shut up, yeah, just shut up. And the other the thing, point. yeah, and the other thing with that is, you fucking guys get paid to go to almost every game and have really good seats. You don't know what it's like to fucking, you know, pay that kind of money for really good seats up close and personal. I guess it's a perspective thing, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. easier easy for you to say, "Yeah, put the nets up, put the nets up" cuz you get to you get to sit behind home plate every game. Almost every game. And I'm sure uh, if you're not doing the game, you get to sit in the press box for free. 
You know, so I just, I, 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 again, I'm not, I'm not definitive either way. I guess I would, I, I would lean more toward the way you are with, like, yeah, pay attention. Yeah, balls are, you're, it's, it, they're coming, they're coming at you. Like that's that's high level baseball watching right there. Yeah, and back like however long the games existed, why is it just now becoming a problem? Are batters hitting it harder now? Probably, I guess. Maybe. I mean, but still, like, all you have to do is not get hit in a critical critical point on your body, you know? Yeah, protect your face, people. If you can't protect your face, you probably shouldn't be part of the human race. <laughs> is that was that too harsh? Was that too far? Uh and I get like kid. I think kids is an issue too. But then it's like mom and dad. Let's be more intelligent. Either protect your child or don't sit there. Be mindful of what's going on. And honestly, like one of my biggest, re- re- I I don't know if it's a regret because it wasn't my decision. But like I never went to a game at Coors Field sitting right behind the dugout. And now if I do, there's going to be a net there. Yeah. So. Uh, I think the net discussion, it's, I mean, we all know it's going to happen. I mean, they forced team, it was an MLB mandate to make it down the, down the dugout. And sooner or later, yeah. it's going to be a mandate all the way down. And the big issue is, and, and I, this is, this would be resolved if they took the nets all the way down. But if you're sitting um, right behind the dugout, but you're in between the the net and not net, so you're in a seat that's right on the edge there. That does harm your viewing Ooh, experience. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like a like if you're all the way behind the net, no problem. But if it's like I look to my right and there's no net, and I look to my left and there's a net, it's like whoa, little little crappy. But going all the way down the line would re- alleviate that issue. But that's a it still brings up the issue of like hey. You change the game a little bit because you're changing the field. I mean, you got a lot of balls that are, you know, on the edge there that will be affected by that. They'll either hit the net or just straight up will be in the stands and they won't have the you won't have the ability to, you know, snag those. But mm-hmm. a lot of them will hit the net and you're you're giving up uh, giving up outs there, which I guess everyone plays on the same field, so whatever. Yeah. But still, I don't like it, but. Yeah, and the other thing is the more netting you add, the more cables are hanging all over the fucking place and it affects maybe, you know, if you're higher up on, uh, you know, in in the stands, you know, your viewpoint is coming in at the cable. Maybe you can see over the net, but the, there's cables all over the place. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just, it sucks that it's a thing, but it's a thing now because... We can't keep our phones in the in the pocket. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You want to go and pay the money to go see a Major League Baseball game and be on your phone the whole time? I guess that's your prerogative. It's fucking stupid, but it is your prerogative. Uh, I just – I don't get that. I really but don't. If you're going to do that, sit where the foul ball – if you get a foul ball, it's sure. not a deadly foul ball. Sure. Like That's just the deal. There's yeah. plenty of spots in that stadium, all stadiums have them, where you're not going to die if you get hit by a foul ball if you're not paying attention. Or get massively injured, I guess. But, you know, that's just the way the stadiums are built. Speaking, speaking of being massively injured. <laughs> Here we go. Was I the only one waiting all season? I feel bad. I feel really bad for this, but... Was I the only one who was waiting all season, wondering when Mr. Glass was going to show himself? Ouch. Ouch. Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I think everyone else was on board of, like, this is it. He's finally done it. <laughs> did you see that live? Yes. Oh, my I God. I thought he broke his his leg 100%. The way he reacted, I was like, he just straight up broke his ankle, like, in half. I couldn't help but think of, uh, unfortunately, think of Gerardo Parra when yep. I saw it. And I was like, oh, no, come on. Well, uh, yeah, when when the report came out that it was a sprain, which 
I mean, I've never had a high ankle sprain or any serious sprain. I'm not, I'm sure it doesn't feel great, but um, I don't know, man. Luke Voigt gets squared up in the jaw by a Chad Bettis fastball and he just walks down to first base. It did kind of, <laughs> it, it didn't, I don't know if it got him square, but it, it, it got him enough. And, yeah. um, or, you know, Greg Olson breaks his foot and he just kind of limps off the sidelines and says, man, I think I broke my foot. Uh, that I don't know. I watched a little All or Nothing, Amazon Prime original show, Carolina Panthers 2018 season. That was in the first episode. That's beside the point. But he, like, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be really bad just yeah. by his reaction, right? I thought it was a knee, to be honest. Like oh, a, a knee, okay. A knee or something. I mean, he was holding his his lower leg lower leg so it's like but still you never know just with the way like that leverage can can hit you you know it might be something totally different you know yeah uh but it was like whoa it it was intense it was intense it was and i I didn't know if he caught it or if he didn't and it's like what is going on what happened and of course i'm out there bitching at him for overrunning the ball like sometimes but again, that maybe goes back to hey, he's not the most experienced center fielder. Um, you know that we haven't we didn't talk about that officially. Desmond moved to left. I yeah. don't know if that's a leg soreness thing or I thought he <laughs> he had some issues in center, but nothing that a new center fielder wouldn't have anyway. So I don't really right. know. I don't know the basis behind that decision. Decision, motherfucker! I can't say shit. Well, the basis behind it is Bud Black, and uh, we all know how that decision has decision making has been all season long. Yeah, uh, you know they finally move Wade Davis out of the closer role now that we're you know twenty two <laughs> games out of first. <laughs> yeah, I looked at my watch while I said that. By the way, now that I don't know why, but. Whatever. Oh, that's classic. Not that anyone cares, but yeah. And then I was reading in a Thomas Harding article, and he says this about Dahl. Dahl is a natural center fielder, and I'm thinking, what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, is he though? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, that play that he made earlier in the game looked pretty natural. That was pretty impressive. Oh, I must have missed that, or or something. Well, Drew Goodman was all over it. You weren't. You must have not been. Listening I must. To I must have been cooking up a hot oh, dog. Right. I think that was hot there's, dog night. There's two great plays in a row. Him and then Story freaking dives and makes that play in the hole and throws the ball over to to Murphy, who then swipe tags the guy out. That was actually pretty. Pretty. I thought that play. That play was yesterday. I thought. What? Maybe I could be wrong. That doesn't no, matter. You, no, you're right. It, it it was uh it wasn't that one it was a story it was one story got to in the hole though yeah and made a great play on it was back to back first out second out yeah it was it was one Freeland was pitching the the play I was talking about was Sunday though you're right I I know we're kind of all over the place and this isn't traditional rockaroo formatting that everyone's come to know and love but I guess it's just uh you know. A product of the way the season has has been going but you know Saturday night the game they lost was due in part because of a fucking Buster Posey two-run double and during that at bat first two pitches from Charlie Sheen were were 99 mile an hour fastballs it was 0-2 then he starts nibbling on the the corners and the on the outside edge of the plate, and then of course Drew says this. You know, Spilly, it's uh, even when you know it's coming as a hitter, ninety nine is hard to hit. And then Spielborgs went into whatever he went into, and we all know it. Posey hit the the pitch that was one oh one, just was <laughs> all over it. Yeah. So I'll, you know, I, I wonder if Drew was aware of, of that or not, but wanted to wanted to pop that out there into the atmosphere, the Rocco sphere. 
Well, that was the only game that they lost, which was good uh, in that series, anyways. Um, the I will say the one other thing that Drew said that just made me think, like, what the heck? Uh, and this will be my last random thought uh, since you were talking about Drew saying it's hard to hit the 99-mile-an-hour fastball even when you know it's coming, and Posey just smokes a 101. But uh, I think it was Sunday. Maybe it was Sunday. It doesn't really matter. But he said, uh, made some mention, since Dougie's gone and my boys are out, Pat's been doing the analyst job or whatever it is. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. One, Dougie's out. Okay, he was out earlier. Uh, two, your your boys, Drew Goodman's boys are his backup. And you talked about this earlier, about the whole nepotism thing going on there. But so they're, they've got to be young and trying to make a career, yet they don't have the ability to fill in for Dougie. And so you go to your third string analyst guy, like – what the hell? Like, my thoughts are, hey, if you're a young dude trying to to make a career and you probably already have a bad uh, stigmatism of uh, just being <laughs> Drew's boys, like, <laughs> why aren't you able to, to make it one game when it when your name's called? But whatever, I don't really care. Like, I still think that's lame. Like, no, no way should that be the case. But there it is. And some guy named Pat, the third stringer, comes in. He's probably back there thinking, well, fuck this. Here's my time to shine, and I don't know. I can't even remember what the stat was, so he screwed it all up. Yeah. Well, you mentioned about Drew Goodman's boys being young. They're like 17-year-old young. Uh, What? Yes, dude. Yes, it's it's disgusting. It's fucked up. It really is. And it's like if you're going to have them do that, don't mention it. Yeah, you're just going to yeah. piss the fans off big time. Uh, but going back to Dougie, our own, the Rockaroo's own Phantom was on Ooh. a plane flight with Dougie coming back from uh, Minneapolis. Oh, cool. Did he talk to him or just he, see him and say, what up, Doug? He did. He, he, he I, you know, I, I, I didn't get the full story, but um, I guess Doug was covering X Games. Which is funny, and um, even the analysts have given up on the rock. <laughs> yes. The X game. I don't think important. he's an analyst. Okay. He's a statistician. Oh, you know, whatever. I I don't know what to call him. Do you know what his official title is? Oh, maybe I'll Dougie. I thought that he's just Dougie, man. He's just Dougie. He's just Dougie from the Rockies. But anyway, Phantom said, real cool guy. So, which I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Then, to take, I hope Phantom's okay with me bringing this up. I'm sure he is. He he said, yeah, you got to be pretty cool to put up with those two jabronis in the box. <laughs> he, he just said that. And that's not what Doug, what he said to Doug. No, that, that, that was cool his analysis of Dougie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, always a great, I mean, there's not a bad conversation when the term jabroni is used. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Is that like a, uh, that's a West Coast thing, right? No, so well, that's a hockey thing. I'm no, sure. an East Coast thing. Oh, it's a hockey thing. Okay. Ho- I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know for, for certain, but yeah, maybe an East Coast hockey thing or probably Canadian thing. I, I, I don't know for, for, Certain. I know it's definitely used a lot in the hockey world. I don't know if that's where it originated or not. All right. Well, I know uh, I know someone to ask, and I, I, that'll be the my first order of business after uh, we finish recording here. Ah, <laughs> oh, first order. I like it. Also, find out what I'll probably uh, forget. Also, find out what uh, Doug's Dougie Doug's uh, position is there. At the uh, at the Rockies broadcast booth, because he's not the analyst. You're right. Maybe it is just called statistician. I wasn't able to find anything super fast, so ah, I'm not gonna worry about it. Perfect. Well, so back to the uh, the actual play on the field. What um, what are your thoughts overall? I mean, have have they started moving towards the uh, 
to our our new set expectations from our last last podcast. How many how many more games do they got to win to get to the eighty two? Do we do that or? No, I did ninety. So oh, at, that's our, right. Last week they could only lose fourteen games to to make ninety wins, and now they can only lose eleven. So nothing is out of question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but this next, you know, this coming up, you know, they got two in Houston, and then uh, is it four in San Diego? I don't want to step on your toes with game previews and stuff, but you yeah, know, that's it's, right. You know, it, I, I I think Astros are good. Like we're probably looking at possibly another Dodgers Astros series, which I don't know could be cool, could be boring. We could be looking at a, a Rockies Astros World Series, which would be super awesome. Ooh, nice. Or yeah. possibly Yankees Dodgers. That's a conversation for down the road. But I think the Astros are beatable in Houston. I really do. They're going to face Grinky tomorrow night, a guy they've seen often. So I think that's an that's an advantage Rockies in my mind. Yeah. Um, and. And we'll hear it from Drew, but Trevor Story owns that dude. There you go. He owns he and, and Bumgarner, which is cool, and some guy named blah, blah, blah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That joke would have been a lot cooler if I would have remembered his, his name. <laughs> um, and then he got four in San Diego, which, again, a beatable team, a, a solid team. A beatable on the road, and I think that I think this this little four six game road trip will kind of be like if they can't get it done now, it's like well, it's it's just you know I don't even know if eighty is surmisable, um, but you know they could win. Four, if they win four of six, I think that'd be good news. I think anything, if they split, it's just kind of the same all, well, whatever. But, you know, if they can win four at least, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking good good news moving on. They look, they look more motivated and more focused. Uh, you know, helps when you win a couple games. So, yeah. I'd say, like, except for that second Los Angeles game uh, where Freeland just blows up, all of those last, all of the games from the last two series, they were competitive in. And obviously they're at Coors Field, but I mean, there was a lot of good stuff to take from all of those games. Marquez looked really good. Gray looked really good in, in LA. Freeland ended up looking, you know, pretty good. And, in his last start, not not great, obviously, but there's a lot of good positives to to see that they're moving forward on. Again, uh, when you compare them to the expectations at the beginning of the season, it's still real frustrating to watch. But uh, if you can let go of that and just start start anew, like we did last podcast, uh, yeah, there was a lot of. I think we Rockies took a, took some steps forward. They finally moved Wade Davis out of the closer role, which he obviously was not mentally ready for or mentally able to to do uh he just walked so many guys and couldn't stay in the zone and it seemed like a long time coming but they finally made that move so we're getting some traction i feel like and uh that's that's pretty awesome yeah and you know i was thinking about you brought this up i don't know if it was early this season or sometime last season but you brought it up about like hey maybe it would be okay if you had different roles for home and away and you had a different closer when you were on the road and you had a different closer when you were at home and because they put up his Wade Davis's road stats all the time and they're pretty pretty damn good Um, yeah you know not super troopers two level pretty damn good but pretty damn good and uh, you know <laughs> yeah it's 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 a it's a thought for sure i mean a thought to pursue for sure yeah i think that there's i mean you're still basically in your role you're the home closer you're the away closer boom 
You know, like I think that could that really could work. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on bullpens nowadays, anyways. I mean, you look at the Yankees bullpen; it's like every freaking one of those dudes is a closer, and they just they just have a nice fluid bullpen, which allows them a lot of flexibility. So, why not be able to do that with all of your relief pitching? Like, you don't just have to have elite level guys to be be like that so it's an interesting thought for sure all right well i don't know you are we ready for the uh preview or you want to get some more out about the dodgers and uh Giants series or rockies in general dinger uh, anything on dinger has he been performing pretty well or has he I, fallen into the slump too uh, i don't know i'd hope not that's you know that's the mascots that's their jam right uh, I don't. Right. I, I haven't seen a lot of Dinger this season. You know, he used to stand behind home plate and and twist his head around. I don't. I don't know if he was told he couldn't do that anymore, or um, I don't know. Uh, and you know, we didn't really talk a lot about the Dodgers at all. No, just the guaranteed win that I gave Mark. Oh that I yes. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember that series much other than Christopher. They're de- Oh, they're definitely cheating, right? I mean, we know that for a fact now when Christopher Negron comes up and, and hits a first at bat in a Dodgers uniform home run. And then fucking Will Smith is, is hitting home runs on you again. And then yeah. Herman goes out with some super weird stuff, which... I don't know, dude. It's like, why is he not staying hydrate, hydrated? That's a hydration thing, right? Getting a full body cramp? Yeah, definitely. And if it's if he's not doing it himself, which you're a fucking grown man, professional athlete, but also why are the Rockies training staff not like, and even Bud Black and Steve Foster? Like, what the fuck? That's, embar- that's super embarrassing to me. I mean, that's the biggest factor in in high altitude sports for sure i mean everyone talks about for baseball they talk about the ball flight and then course fields outfield being so huge but and the real thing is like pitchers and recovery and being able to stay hydrated in the high altitude is really the biggest issue out of all of it so it seems like they would be ultra extra focused on that yeah, like almost a mandate of you have to drink this much water no matter what between every inning, especially on a hot hot day, hot day game. Yeah, not so. just water. I mean, replenish the electrolytes, you know, Pedialyte. Got to have that <laughs> in the stomach or whatever you want to go with. Gatorade, I guess, is a popular one too, uh, you know, but there's stuff out there. Uh, and, you know, it just it kind of brings me back to the whole Dodgers cheating Again, because, and this wasn't my thought, uh, uh, again, Phantom shows himself in this episode, which that's a funny pun if, <laughs> if you get it. Uh, but it, he brought up that uh, if you're familiar with the Harry Potter world, it looked like, because I asked, I said, well, what, what, what do you think a full body cramp feels like? Because that's pretty intense. <laughs> And Herman did not look. Uh, he looked. Did he look like in more pain than Davy, Davy Glass? No, but he he didn't look great. But anyway, Phantom said, "I imagine it feels uh, like a full body bind curse, which is a <laughs> Harry Potter Woo! reference. And if the Dodgers are out there, you know, fucking around with witchcraft, it would only make sense." I mean, it truly does. They got some crazy walk-off win the other day. I mean, they're freaking 70-something and 74 and 40. It's like, insane. I don't Like, it's crazy. And they've always got some new dude coming up and yeah. being awesome. And, and they got fat, chubby Muncie out there playing like a gold-glove second baseman. <laughs> and Hinton Jack's like crazy coming out of nowhere. It's like, what the hell? And then they got Ginger Face. Where'd that guy come from? And it just seems whatever they plug in just seems to work. But Jock, Peter, Pedersen, Scott, Scott, Jock, whatever. <laughs> he does struggle at first, which I like to like to watch. That's fun to watch. Okay, well, 
All right. Well, do- the Dodgers, uh, the Rockies beat the crap out of the Dodgers that first night, nine to four. We didn't talk about that. Um, or no, sorry, nine to one. Uh, they they go off for a five inning or five run fifth, and and uh, John Gray just totally dominates them. So we we did talk about John Gray dominating them there. That was fun to watch. Uh, like I said. Freeland blows up in that second game. That was a bummer, but the Rockies still kind of were in it a little bit, I guess. I mean, they scored four on them, but uh, never really in it. And then, of course, the Herman game. Uh, no runs until the ninth. Thanks, Wade Davis. Uh, and then they pretty much are in every game against San Francisco. We talked a lot about that. So uh, they finished that with a 6-2 win. Nolan hits two bombs. Uh, Charlie Blackman really just kind of was laser focused. He he really went off the whole series, which was nice to see. So hopefully they carry that into their next series, which we will preview now. So today, Monday, August 5th, the Rockies are going to relax. And they're all going to get nice and relaxed because they're going to H-Town. It's hot. It's humid. But that's an indoor stadium, so who gives a shit? Marquez, is he going to have cramps in an indoor stadium? I hope not. He's going against Granky. Granky is a 2-9 ERA, but we talked about it. Story owns him. Arenado kind of owns him. But uh, the Astros will uh, throw Granky, who they newly acquired. Uh, very interesting. Then they play another game against the Astros. They're going to face Cole, who possibly could win the Cy Young, but it's not going to matter. The Rockies' offense is really going to take it to them. Lambert is going to go for the Rockies. He's kind of starting to feel a little bit of a groove. We're we're seeing him mature a little bit. That's going to be a fun game to watch. That was the elusive uh, home-and-home natural rivalry set. So that will be it for the Houston Astros, just the two games. Then the Rockies go to San Diego. There's really no uh, starting pitching announced for that series, but they are going to play play four games all the way through Sunday, and they're playing them at Petco. Uh, we hear that the offense is hard there, but hopefully the Rockies can just drive that momentum. And uh, like you said, you'd like to get uh, six games out of those two series. Maybe, maybe we could get uh, more than that. That would be... Uh, very good. So Astros took two from the Rockies at home. Hopefully, six or four. Return the favor. Oh, you only wanted four? Well, they're only playing six, right? Four in San Diego and two in Houston. Oh, that's I'd right. be thrilled that's with right. six. Six. Let's go with six. <laughs> if right. they four. <laughs> if they can pick up a seventh game out of six, I'd take that too. Yeah. Okay. So they only have the. Uh, forgot about the uh, crazy two game series yeah so uh four games whatever they're gonna take six let's just let's just put that winning streak in uh stride right now win 22 in a row or 22 out of the next 23 however you want to do it i'm good either way but uh let's go and let's uh let's make that push let's make it uh aggressive push for the wild card now unfortunately but here we go go rockies (laughs) 